Welcome to the Wordy Traveler podcast, where we'll be discussing books, travel, and everything we all love. This podcast is brought to you by thewordytraveler.com. The Wordy Traveler is a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. To learn more about this seasonal book club that has been featured in Oprah, New York Magazine, Travel and Leisure, Reader's Digest, HuffPo, InStyle, Forbes, USA Today, and was recently ranked by Town & Country as one of the best book subscription boxes available, please visit thewordytraveler.com. Join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Wordy Traveler podcast. This is Brian Nichols, and I am here in the studio with the founder of the Wordy Traveler, who, as many of you know, is also happens to be my wife and literally best friend in the entire world, Cindy Nichols. And today marks a special occasion for the Wordy Traveler podcast. And the reason I say that is, Cindy, your interview today is with author Suzanne Simonetti. And the reason it's such a special occasion is Suzanne Simonetti, author of Sound of Wings, she was actually the very first author that you interviewed. In fact, she made up podcast episode one and two for the Wordy Traveler podcast. And here we are about one year later, coming full circle now to interview her again on an entirely different set of topics. But I think it is so interesting that this happened because um, many of you will hear this in the interview, but when Cindy first interviewed Suzanne Seminetti, author of Sound of Wings, it was, like I said, about a year ago in August. And as it turned out, uh, the reason she had interviewed Suzanne is because Suzanne, uh, her book Sound of Wings was the featured fiction book in last summer's Wordy Traveler Journey. And that was New England Seaside. And uh, you had chosen her book. And at that time, her book had not received a lot of press. Um, it was, uh, you had read it, you really enjoyed it, you thought it was going to be perfect for the journey and got so, a lot of feedback from, uh, from our subscribers, how much they enjoyed the book. But it's so interesting because over the past year, her book has received so many nominations and awards and recognitions. And I think you were prescient in terms of actually choosing her book to go in your journey, because like I said, it was well before all this happened. But it's so interesting now that here's one year later, you're back to being able to talk to her about some different topics. But yet, um, after she's had all this happen, and you get into that in your first question, but uh, this must have been really cool for you to be able to go back and talk to somebody who literally began the Wordy Traveler podcast. Yeah, and I just appreciate Suzanne so much because she is such a kind person. And all of the awards she has received, she definitely deserves them all because she is just truly a wonderful human being and loves the writing community and the reading community so much. And she's so generous with her time. When we featured her book, it had actually just gotten released. Um, when we ordered it, it was actually on pre-order from the publisher. And so we were so excited. I think her book was the first book we had ever offered that was just coming to press and when we had it in our in our journey. And I enjoyed reading it. I mean, it's just a quintessential summer read. One of those good time reads on a hot day. And she just... 
obviously is a resident of Cape May, New Jersey, but she just captures that coastal aesthetic, that coastal feeling, that summertime feeling in her works. But why I'm interviewing her again today is she's actually been helping me um, as I've started to undertake the writing process, and I've learned so much from her. And I know it seems like everyone I talk to at some point in time, they always bring up, man, I wish I could write, or I've always had this idea for a book, and just how intimidating and how daunting it seems. And Suzanne just does a great job of making it so easy and just laying out the steps and just kind of really freeing you to go after that dream of writing. And so I hope you love this interview as much as I did, and I hope it frees you up to pursue whatever goal you have as much as it has um, freed up myself. Well, I'm glad you said that because as we get into your interview, I'm just going to tell all of our listeners right now, if you have ever thought about becoming an author or wanted to become an author or dreamed about being an author, or maybe you have no interest yourself, but you've always been curious about that process Wow, this is this is the podcast for you, no doubt. It's interesting no matter what, but I'm just saying this will speak to you because, uh, wow, Suzanne does such a good job of explaining so many things and giving a perspective that is so helpful. Um, very, uh, very engaging, very compelling, and as you said, very generous with, uh, with her information. So with that, let's dive right in, everyone, with Cindy's interview with Suzanne Simonetti. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Wordy Traveler podcast. And I am so excited because we have Suzanne Simonetti on the podcast for a second time. And I must say, one of the best things about doing this podcast is I have met so many new friends. And I am putting Suzanne in that category because uh, since the last podcast, we've talked one other time on a Zoom. I was asking her for some advice. And then we set up this one. And even before I started recording, we were just like old school chums talking about life and getting back together. So Today, it's just going to be a very conversational podcast. We're going to talk a lot about writing. So if you are here and you were like, hey, you know, I've always wanted to write or maybe I have just started my first book. Hopefully this podcast will speak to you because Suzanne is going to give some some of her advice and some of her story. And um, I know she's been a great help to me. So without wasting any time. Welcome, Suzanne, and thank you for being on the podcast again. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. And I want to take this moment to just echo everything you said about our friendship. And it certainly feels like we've known each other longer than we have. And it's just an, always an easy, effortless, fun conversation. So I'm, I'm just jazzed to be here right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So before we get into the meat of what we're going to talk about today, can you just give us an update? Because I see you on Instagram and on social media and all of the awards and nominations your book, Sound of Wings, has received. So can you just give us an update on the Sound of Wings and what has been happening in your world? I would love to. Yes. You know, this book, I always love to say, has taken on a life of its own. And I don't know if it's because I have wings in the title, but it really has in many ways. And there have been um, 
a, a, you know, a number of awards that really were touching and moving and, and humbling. Uh, but we hit the USA Today bestsellers list in April, first week in April. Yes. And it was wonderful because it, it happened on my late aunt's birthday. She was very special to me. And so the announcement was made on, on the anniversary, you know, on her birthday. And um, so it's been a joy and, and it's a wonder. And it's also f- fabulous to see readers responding and and writing reviews and giving me feedback that feedback that I did not have when I first sat down all those many years ago by myself and and you know writers will have that moment where they're like is this worth anything and, and is this, is anyone going to even appreciate the story and I'm finally finally hearing from people who are saying that they loved it. And, and sometimes the characters are showing up in their dreams. So I'll leave it there for now. But yeah, lots to get into. Oh, congratulations. And I'm so excited for you and well-deserved because, uh, you know, I find this about all authors that authors are really nice people. And I think sometimes I know when I first started asking for interviews, I was very intimidated. Like, you know, I love their books so much and you build them up in your mind and you think like, oh, you know, are, are they too good to talk about their work? But oh, no. uh, all authors are nice, but you are especially nice in giving to your community and to your readers and to other authors as well. So that means well a lot. Deserved. Thank you so much. And I do have a network of fellow authors within the press, the She Writes organization, who I've grown quite close to. Some of the women I'm on touch with on a daily basis. We're, you know, and that has been one of the most rewarding parts of this entire experience is building those friendships. The friendships that I write about in my stories. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the process of writing, because obviously, you know, you you uh, you have written an incredible book with The Sound of Wings, and I know you are writing another book right now. You're currently in the process, and I don't want to give too much away from it, but I am looking forward to reading your next work. Uh, But let's talk about so, you know. Take us back a couple years ago when you started writing The Sound of Wings and what were some of the, I guess, what caused you to start the book and what in that process, what was that process like for you? The process began the summer of, believe it or not, 2015, right after we bought our home in Cape May. And I was taking a beach walk with my husband and a character began to develop in my mind. And I started seeing her and that was Crystal Axelrod. She's the buxom blonde born and bred local. And I wanted to say, I, I started just doing, I would call an information dump onto the page about who Crystal was, where she was in life, where she came from and what was her problem? What was her issue? Because, you know, the characters have to have issues. Otherwise, why are we reading the story? <laughs> so, so I, you know, and, and I, I will say this, that it's important to do a 360 on all of your characters. Now, speaking about, you know, my novels, they're character driven. So, um, so it's always going to be important for me to see, feel, smace, taste, smell, and touch the characters myself and really get a feel for them. Uh, and now, uh, and then Goldie Sparrows is the other main, one of the main characters. And I got that vision of this enigmatic former hippie, you know, older woman with a bunch of animals and a total, you know, she's a potter and an artist. And again, 
Uh, I just started writing all about her quirks and her likes and her dislikes, because one of the things when it comes to writing characters is, you know, we're not getting them at birth. We don't start a story where everybody's just born. We're in the middle of their story. And so for the, the author, the creator needs to know where they came from in order to know where they're going and not every piece of information that you're writing down in this information dump is going to be mentioned in the book, but it's important for you as the creator to know these things, to know what they like and what makes them tick. Yeah. I love that. And, um, you know, one of the things that I find really fascinating is how characters can just come to you and how, you know, you are making them up, but in a way, you're meeting them yourself. That's right. That's right. And sometimes the plans that you have for a particular character aren't necessarily what's going to happen in the outcome. And it it takes sitting down and writing. You know, you can only do so much planning is what I've found. I am an outliner. I do like to have some kind of a format of where I'm going and where I'm headed. But I have learned by writing hundreds of thousands of words in the wrong direction that it's important to let the character speak. And so sometimes you got to get out of the planning process, sit your butt down and just begin writing scenes. And that is a very important key takeaway, I think, for today as well, is that, you know, nobody just sits down and says page one and starts a book. I really feel that you, you already have an idea when you come to the table of, of you have something to say. So start writing scenes. And it, it could be a scene that's not going to take place till the end of the book, but get it down, get it down because it's going to open up so much more. And another thing you'll find is when you're writing scenes, all these other questions will come up because you'll say, all right, what happens next? What does he do next? Or what does she do next? And you'll say, Oh, I have to answer these 10 questions before I can even continue. And so, but you don't, you know, again, you won't know that until you start writing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about writing scenes. You know, I think, and I love in your book, Sound of Wings, the one character who is a writer and she talks about, you know, you, you paint her sitting in front of the computer trying to write. And, you know, kind of the writer's block or just the mental, like, how do you do this? And I think a lot of times that blank, you know, word processing with the cursor, I think it can be very intimidating for some people. I know for me, too, when you just look at something blank and go, where do we go from here? So you talked about writing scenes. What, What advice would you give somebody? How do you just sit down and look at that blank paper and and where do you start? So if there's an idea in your mind and, and you're, you're thinking about a character, it's also about not just the characters themselves, but it's how they interact with one another because we don't live in a vacuum. We're, we're interacting with people all, all the time. And so play a little bit, play, take, take two of your characters that you're working on and throw them in a scene together. And even if it's a scene that's not gonna make it into the book, just start wetting that imagination and, and allowing the creativity to flow. 
you know, and I'm kind of a, a neat and tidy person. I've had to let a lot of that go being a writer because I'm not going to get the books written if I, you know, tie myself to an outline and I, and I sort of have to follow this form, you know, I got to start just moving. Yeah. Love that. Just letting it go. And it's not neat and tidy, but being creative, it's, you know, you hear when you were in school, there's, there's nothing wrong with brainstorming. There's no bad idea. You know, I'm glad you said that word. That's the perfect word. And yes, that's what it is. That was always the word we used when we were growing up. Brainstorming. Do that. Start brainstorming. Do it down on the page. Write everything you can think of uh, and put your character in a situation that maybe isn't like, again, won't make it into the book. It's not part of your story, but just to get a taste and a sense and then new ideas and new things will emerge. And like you said before, your characters will tell you and you can experience, you've, you've experienced that, haven't you? I have. And I, I guess not many people know this, but I am actually writing my first book right now. And Suzanne has given me so much advice. I'm so thankful for her. Um, and so it, it is, and I've always, when I've interviewed authors or I've read about authors in the work and you do hear them say, oh, the, the character spoke to me, or I discovered this about the character. I discovered, and I was like, what? That's kind of weird. Like you're creating this character. What do you mean you've discovered something about them? But it is true. And it's, yes. I guess it's the writer's high when it happens to you, or at least for me, I get so giddy. Like it does. And I love the way that you, you say it's a writer's high. I always likened it to catching the right wave. And I'm talking about with my boogie board because I'm not a surfer, but always just catching that wave and, and making it to shore and like, ah, I did it. With, with even if it's just one scene or it's just one piece of the character, because logically maybe you, that wouldn't have worked, but when you're in the book and you're writing, because a lot of times I think you walk away, readers walk away will say, and myself too, as a reader, I'll walk away thinking, wow, how did she come up with that? And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking this writer was in the zone. That's how she did it. She was in the story and what a great place to be. What a great place to be. Yeah, it's it's exciting. So and I guess that's one of the things. Um, another thing I want to talk to you about is for those people who, um, you know, kind of have this idea and, and want to start the writing process. You know, we talked about, you know, the blank screen and the and writing scenes, but for you, what are some hints or suggestions you have for someone who is just now, because you've, you've gone through the process and you've gone through the process very successfully. What would some of the advice you would have given yourself back when you were starting this book, knowing everything you know now about writing? Become the character, sit down at the blank page and write a journal entry for them. What, what, are they talking about what's on their mind? Pretend you're writing a journal entry for your own character. And if that's too difficult, start journaling for yourself. That will definitely open up your mind because you're going to start journaling and thinking about maybe just about what happened over the last week or and what you expect to happen over the next you know week ahead. If you just start getting words down on the page and it doesn't matter how you do it, that will help. That, that is a beginning. 
Yeah. I love that. Just start writing because you don't have to use it. If you don't you write it and you don't like it or the story goes a different way. You don't have to use it. You're not set just because it's on a piece of paper. No, and nothing's ever done in vain. They're they're in one of the very first drafts of the sound of wings. I had Jocelyn dealing with a totally separate issue. Um, and, you know, my mentor said, I don't think this is needed. So I cut a lot of that out and had to rewrite all of it is good. It's it's going to make the character stronger. It's going to make the writing stronger. Nothing's ever done in vain. I have a folder on my uh, um, computer that's called extra footage. And that's where I put all the words that I've deleted into. We keep that there. Extra footage that didn't make it into the book. And there's nothing wrong with going back over that and reading through it. <laughs> yeah. I love that, the extra footage. And I also loved how you talked about your mentor, because, you know, that's one of the things I got from you, even from the first time we spoke, um, is the community that you have around you and that you have reached out to and people have reached out to you and that has helped you in your writing. Talk a little bit about the importance of writing within a community and how did you find your community? If someone's here and they're like, I want to be a writer, but I don't know anybody that, you know, that has done this or, you know, uh, I didn't go to school for this, you know, where, where did you find your community and what are some hits for some people who are maybe looking to have that support system? I will start with social media. There are so many different groups on social media and you can even just begin by joining a reading group. And there are always writers lingering in reading groups. I'm in about probably 50 of them on, on, on Facebook. And there are also groups for writers and there are workshops you can take. You don't have to go anywhere. You can take them online. Um, I, the one I, I recommend, of course, is the Gotham Writers Workshop. I think they hail from New York City. I've taken several classes with them over the years. Really a great organization, but there's many I would start with a workshop. I would start with um, group social media groups. There are people out there in the same spot you're in. I, I did get become very fortunate because I signed with She Writes for this first novel, which came with just a ton of incredibly talented and generous authors. And so I got very lucky, but that took time to get there. Yeah, it does start with, you just have to kind of reach out. It's like, you know, when you first go to school and you're like, you, you know, you're, it's hard and you're like, you want to play with me? You know, I think that was what we used to say. Do you want to ride bikes? <laughs> so, um, but there are people out there in the same spot and they can be found and, and you will be welcomed in, in many circles. Yeah. Let's talk about, well, there's two things you hit on in that conversation that I want to explore deeper with you. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, the next step is the hangup. So there's the writing step. And I want to talk about that and literally some hints you have on, I don't want to use the word perfecting your craft, but learning the craft of writing. Because I think some people are intimidated by just you know, I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go to a writer's workshop. And um, it's funny, I was listening to uh, a writer, uh, interview with a writer um, out of New York, and she was good friends with Toni Morrison. And mm. they were talking about, Toni liked to teach at college, writing yeah. classes. And, yes. and he, she was talking about, you know, 
for as much as Tony and I like to teach writing, some of the best writers in the world did not go to school for writing, you know, you know, so, you know, for as much as we teach it, it isn't a prerequisite for being a writer or having a phenomenal story. But as with anything in life, the more you do, and there are ways you can learn about it. So I'm going to talk to you about some of the things, and you talked about the workshops and people, but what are some of the things that you think people, resources people have if they want to learn more about writing or improve their writing? Well, I want to say first off the bat is write badly, just write it. And you will, you will. I remember when I first sat down in that workshop with Gotham, I, I, I look back on some of the entries that I've, that I gave them. And the first essay I had submitted was filled with cliches. And I was told that writing is a war on cliches. And so eliminate them, you know, because we don't, we don't want to rely on those old has-beens, but you're not going to be, you're not going to get it right coming right out of the gate. You're going to, it's practice. And as I've said, a lot of it is, you know, you're going to be deleting a lot of words. The, the one thing you can do is read, read everything. And I like to look up when I read. And what I mean by that is I like to read books that by authors who are really, you know, who, who I feel are a step above me where I'm thinking, wow, how did she pull this off? Right now I'm reading um, Adriana Trigiani's latest book. It's called The Good Left Undone. Mm-hmm. And it's really absorbing me. And it's fantastic. And she's a seasoned novelist. So it's just wonderful. But read as much as you can. Write. And, and don't expect it to be perfect. Nobody ever, no famous writer ever sat down and had it right the first time. Yeah. I love that. Um, And I love how you talk about looking ahead, you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, that my family taught me growing up is always look to that person that's, you know, a couple steps ahead of you, because you know what, they'll they'll pull you, they'll pull you along. And even if they're always better than you, they will make you better. That's right. You know, even if they're always going to be five steps ahead of you, when they're moving ahead, you're at least going to be, you know, five steps ahead of where you were. So I love that not to be absolutely true. They always say you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. If you're in, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I love that expression. I really do. Yeah. So then moving from, you know, I mean, we could talk for hours about this on this <laughs> podcast. Maybe we might have a third one, but um, you, we've talked a little bit about, you know, not being intimidated to get started, uh, finding a community, working on improving your writing. But then I guess, uh, you know, another hang up people have is what do I do? You know, I'm writing. What do I do next? You talked about becoming a part of She Writes Press. What are some of the next steps that you had to take once you started writing to maybe uh, go out to publishers or to go to um, agents or, you know, kind of, I think a lot of people are confused about that process. It is a very daunting and confusing process. And what I would have suggested a couple years ago is probably different than what I would say today. Uh, I did begin the agent hunting process. I I tried looking for an agent for my first manuscript, which is not published. And I wasn't able to secure one. But 
then once I started The Sound of Wings and I, I pitched an agent two years after that book was written, I was signed. Mm-hmm. It took her a year to determine that nobody would buy the book. Now, this happens every single day. This is more the case these days. I want to say, do your research, because the old way of landing that agent and trying to get a traditional deal is not necessarily the way to go. And I'm not an expert. I did end up, you know, at a hybrid. So I do not have an agent, but there are many ways to do this. And I think you need to sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself about what it is that you hope to get from this experience. Do you just want to sell books and make money? If you do, there's there's many self-publishing options and there are ways a lot of authors are doing it and making great money that way. Um, so there are you know different ways and you should do a ton of research. Do, treat it like a class because, because, yeah. And a lot of people have different things to say about it, but that's my advice is that you don't have to necessarily go the tradu- traditional route also, there's many small presses that will accept manuscripts unagented. So you can look into that kind of a situation where they'll do the Kindle or the, you know, the ebook and print on demand, which is they'll only print as many books as is needed. But you really have to think about what it is that you're after in, in order to know. Yeah. And that's great advice. And I think that is one of the benefits of the world we live in today, that it is allowing us to read writers that in the traditional big boy publishing world, we might have never have heard their voices. And I was talking to Lauren Wise from Great Press, and she was talking about, you know, they even have authors that have come onto them, published with them, and then later on have gotten, you know, quote unquote, the traditional book deals with you know the big boys because but it was only because you know their first book was turned down they went a non-traditional way and now their voices are heard and people realize that you know it's different that's absolutely true yeah that's absolutely true and i know that this has been a long road but publishing with she writes for me was the best decision i could have made and it was time for me to be in print it was time for me to get my book out into the world and i'm grateful to have that establish that platform as a as an author i don't know what i'm going to do with this next one but um you know i have to write it first and and worry about that next <laughs> and um I, I know I'm looking forward to reading your next book. Oh. I'm trying not to put pressure. I'm really bad yeah. with writers because I get so excited about your books. And then I'm like, oh, but you need to write this because I want to hear it. You know, I, I know. Read. Yeah, but with that, but that's like a gift that you're giving writers. Every time you say something like that, that's validation. So thank you. It's, it's, a, it's like a present. It means a lot. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening who have not read Susan Samanetti's first book, it is The Sound of Wings. Um, and we will re-release it again on the Wordy Traveler website after we publish this uh, podcast. So if you haven't read it, you'll be able to read it again. And I know it's available on other platforms as well, but uh, I really enjoyed the book. And we also have an earlier interview with Suzanne where she talks more specifically about that book. So I highly encourage you to go back. I think it was episode one or two. Wow. Uh, yes. Last, yeah. last Back in the summer, last summer, July 2021. Wild, wild. Oh, so much has happened in a year. It has. 
So the last time we talked, you actually gave me some great advice on Mm -hmm. some helpful hints you have when you were writing. So could you kind of give the listeners some of your helpful hints for writing? Well, sure. Uh, I like to, there are, there's all these fancy different programs that you can buy out there. I'm a little bit of an old fashioned girl and I love stationery. So I, what I do is once I have a pretty good feel for the chapters, I will write down the chapters on index cards. And I'll tell you why I do that. It's because when I come back to the table, say I have to, you know, I'm done for the day and I'm, I come back in the morning, I sit down, I need a quick recap of the story. And I like to be able to just see the story and thumb through the index cards. And on each of those, there'll there'll be a bullet point of exactly what happens in the chapter or like the main highlights of the chapter. So I can say, oh, right, that's right. Chapter two. Oh, right. we, We go here and she does this. Okay. And then I'm back in the whole story and, you know, I'm chapter 17, you know, which is always the middle is always the hardest part. So some kind of an organization, whatever works for you, for me, it's index cards and highlighters and I foam core. Um, I like to see this. I like to be able to see the story. Yeah. I love that. And, and that's good too, because I love that because you know what, one thing that, and I know we mentioned this a couple of times, I love index cards. I love that idea because if you don't like the index card, you can throw it away. That's you know, right. Not trapped. And I think sometimes we feel like, well, if we type it out, it's permanent. And <laughs> I love that, you know, it's not permanent because permanent can scare you. I mean, it intimidates me it's just starting out as writing like, well, what if I don't like it? Or what if it's not good? Or what if it doesn't aid the story? Well, that's okay. That's okay. Cindy, you just touched upon something so brilliant. And I really appreciate this. Yes, you don't want to be tied to anything the chapters, but also an idea. I get, I'm, and I'm raising my hand because I get caught in that quicksand quite a bit. Once I have an idea of like, oh, we're going to do this, 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 then I'm stuck with it. And I try and make other things fit around that idea. And it's my husband who actually pointed out to me. He said, why are you going with this idea? Why can't you just, so yes, you have to be able to edit yourself and, and, um, Stephen King has a phrase, kill your darlings. Yeah. Don't be attached. Don't attach to anything. Yeah. No. Yeah. Very good advice. I love how you mentioned Stephen King because I love his book on writing. I have it right here. I love it. Yeah. I have it on my desk too. It's one of my, I'm glad. You have- <laughs> it's right here. It was almost like propped in, but it, it sits on my writing table. So I, I really, it's a wonderful book I'd recommend to anybody. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book. It's a great read if you're a writer or not a writer, just to That's know right. his process. But we, it is a learn so much about him and who he, you know, how he started and all those rejects, rejections. That's another thing to talk about rejections. It's part of the deal, as is criticism. You know, you got to you got to have to develop a little bit of a thick skin. And I don't have one. I don't have a naturally thick skin. I'm sensitive. I'm a cancer. So uh, but it comes with the job. It comes with the territory. And you just have to develop and then and, and not worry. Everybody gets criticized and rejected. Everybody. So talking about the difficulty, you gave me a great bit of advice about uh a, a little hint that someone gave you about, you know, maybe when things are tough, some tick tricks or tips you might have just to kind of just 
get you going. So what are some of the things that you use just when you're having that day and you know you need to write, but you know, it, it, may, it may not be easy. What are some of the things you do? Go for a walk, go for a walk, get out of, you know, your own headspace. Stop trying to bang your head against the desk. If it's really that difficult, um, because there was one day it was it was years ago uh, I was struggling and my husband said, let's take our bikes and ride to the lighthouse at the end of Cape May Point. And I said, oh, no, I have to work through this. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of this. And he said, why don't you I think you should just take a break and why don't we get on our bikes and do that? I did. And you know what happened? I came back and I sat down. I was filled with inspiration and I wrote the scene where Jocelyn takes her bicycle to the lighthouse. And we have that very traumatic situation where she's on the phone with Trevor that I, I won't um, share with the audience now. But and it was like I was able to make that scene so colorful because I had just returned from the exact same journey. So it's it's good to get get away, get outside, go for a walk, be in nature if you can. Yeah. And uh, one of the other hints you gave me was with timing your little, can you expand upon your, your little timer? I found this out. I've discovered this technique years ago and they call it the Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. It's essentially just a kitchen timer, but I, you, you know, you can get, it's an app on your phone and you can do it for however many minutes you want. I do 25 minutes. And what that means is I set my kitchen timer. I sit down and it's just me and the page and I am not folding laundry. I am not checking Facebook. I'm not looking at my phone. Everything is shut down and I'm focused for 25 minutes. And then once that's up, I've done a tom- my, one of my tomatoes for the day. And I keep track of how many tomatoes I, I finish. Um, because I think for me, sitting down with an eight hour stretch of time, it's so easy to let other things creep in like, oh, I have to check the mail. Speaking of mail, I have to write a bill. I have to write a check. Did I do this? And you just get distracted. And, and of course, the dishwasher needs to be emptied. No, 25 minutes, you give to yourself, get that Pomodoro done for the day and then start tracking them up. And, and that's that's how I do it. I do it in increments, focused increments. Yeah. And I think my record for Pomodoro's is 14 for the day. And that was at the tail end of the sound of wings. When I, when I saw the ending and I was right there and I was just cranking through it. Yeah. Running to the finish line. Yep. Oh, I can't believe this. It's already been over 35 (laughs) minutes. We've been talking. Time has flown. Yes. I know. Uh, But just wrapping up, I mean, what, I, what are some of the things maybe I didn't hint on some of the things that you feel very passionate about when you're talking about your writing or helping other people writing? Uh, is there, do you have any final thoughts? I mean, I know we touched on just the tip of the iceberg, but any inspiration or final thoughts you might have for someone who's listening in, who is starting the writing process themselves? Be true to yourself you know, and, and, and make it fun and write for yourself. Do not sit down and start writing what you think sounds good or what you think people will be interested in hearing. Write for yourself. When I wrote The Sound of Wings, I was writing that story for me. I, and, and it really was the characters taking me on that journey. But I wasn't thinking, I wonder if this sounds good and if people will like this. As soon as you 
hear yourself asking those questions, you're already off track, right for yourself. That's it. Yeah. I love that. Do it for you. Yeah. Be true to you. That's right. That's so exciting. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much. Thank you, Cindy. This was so much fun. It always is. It is. I know. I'm like, I wish we lived closer because. Oh, we would. Yeah, we would be doing coffee a lot or tea. Whatever. Yep. Yep. So, um, but thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today and for sharing some of your wisdom and some of your tips and tricks. And just most importantly, sharing your encouragement to those who are listening in who are on the writing journey themselves. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, Suzanne Simonetti, for joining us. I believe we all enjoyed your thoughts and perspective on the writing process. Our next episode features Lauren Wise from She Writes Press. And as you probably caught during today's episode, Lauren is Suzanne Simonetti's publisher. Lauren's discussion won't be focused on publishing, however. Rather, it'll be focused on her travels as a freelance travel writer and her favorite destinations in the U.S. and also around the world. You won't want to miss it. So please subscribe to the Wordy Traveler podcast on your favorite platform. Each and every episode, we discuss books, travel, and everything we all love. To learn more about The Wordy Traveler, please visit thewordytraveler.com and consider joining a community of readers who have a love for travel and a heart for giving back. We invite you to join us in helping to make the world a better place, one book at a time. We look forward to being with you again soon on our next episode of The Wordy Traveler Podcast.